Hi, this is Sam Lagana with the Los Angeles Rams. Who's house? You're listening to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Undenied worldwide. The Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's go Rams. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the LA Rams UK Podcast. Obviously, quick shout out to our very own 55, Brian Allen. Surely he listens every week. Yes, I am back. Here's me, Chris, back to host this week's podcast. Glad to be back. Uh, unfortunately, this week was a bit of a tough week um, and a tough watch as we obviously saw our Rams move to 3-1 and one with a defeat at home for a 37-20 against the NFC West Divisional Rivals and the Arizona Cardinals. But joining me tonight to dissect that game and go through the rest of tonight's podcast, it is the godfather himself. Tony, how are you, sir? I'm very well indeed, Chris. Yourself? Very good, thank you. Very good. Glad to be back. Excellent. Everybody's Great to hear happy. your dulcet tones. Do you know what? That's exactly what I was going to say. Devastated you beat me to it. Um, I'm back by popular demand from last week. The the amount of tweets and Facebook messages we had to get him back, get him back. Welcome back, John. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure. <laughs> no one else replied to the message to come off. <laughs> no, it was no either problem. a fan base or we couldn't find anyone else, but I think it was the fan base, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> right, so we will go through obviously the bit of the of a disaster that we all all saw on, on Sunday evening at, for ourselves over here in the UK uh, against the Cardinals. Try and take some sort of positives out of it if we can, but obviously try and figure out what went wrong. Obviously, go through the normal stuff as we do. Any sort of player team updates that we've seen come out following that. Uh, we're actually probably going to well, what we thought is actually look at our division as itself because. I think it's turning probably into one of the toughest divisions in the league. We will then obviously go into a small game where we have a Thursday night football against the Seahawks and obviously then take your questions. So, gentlemen, it was a tough watch. Tony, you start off because I know you like a, a good old Yorkshire moan. Um, <laughs> so, so let us know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we all went into this game quite positive attitude. You know, we've had the Indian sign over the Cardinals for eight straight games, and I think we just thought we could we could rock up. And I, th- I, I do wonder if some of the team and the management team actually thought that as well. But we we just didn't, you know, like the game last week against the Bucks. You know, it took us a while to get going, but we didn't actually get going. The sign was on the door, really, with that field goal from the first drive, those first nine plays. It never really got to be a positive, really. It was very lacklustre. You know, fortunately, the Cardinals punted on their first drive as well. And then the disaster, really, which was the, the interception. And I, I don't think we really recovered from that. I, I don't think there was any really one thing wrong with it. I just don't think we really clicked. And let's be honest... The Cardinals are a decent team this season. Yeah. Do you think the interception was a poor throw or a good interception? I, I don't know. I, I I can't cast my mind back to the, the video, actually. I'm going to try and run that again while we're talking. Um, but I, I can't bring it all to mind, to be honest. John, um, what, you got any thoughts on that? At full speed, it looked like it was a good pick. But when you see the replay, it, it does look like as if it is, it's, it's short. And yeah. it's an easy pick for Murphy. Yeah, it, uh, and at like I said at full speed, I thought oh, he's 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 read the route really well and just jumped straight in there. But when you see it in slow motion, it's 
you know, he's having to turn back to look to try and make the catch, and Murphy just essentially just steps in and just takes it and snatches up. Yeah. What was your initial thoughts about the whole game, John? Where do you start? (laughs) 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 Like Tony said, um, like last week, I I, I personally was really positive going into the game, and with our recent record over the last few seasons with the Cardinals, despite the the strengths that they've got, particularly in offense with the likes of Murray. Uh, Hopkins and as I said last week AJ Green becoming a bit of a threat for them even when that I thought we were still going to come out with the win so it's frustrating because I think we can all agree that we've got a lot of studs as they're being called on both sides of the ball and there just wasn't any kind of sense of rhythm there Stafford totally had no sync really with any of his receivers Again, we're still trying to target Cup, you know, like twice as many as any other receiver. But he was locked out of the game and instead of switching the plays to someone else, with the exception of Van Jefferson, who, who I'll say had, had a, a really good game. Um, he caught every, everything that well, came his I, way. He, he I think he's happy when he was playing against his dad, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, had <laughs> Not he has a point to prove or anything like that, but... And to, to abandon a run game that was grinding... Out um, and was getting us, you know, it was getting us up of the fields. I, I don't understand where McVeigh was coming from by just abandoning it. Like, for example, it was the second quarter we had first and goal from the 10. Henderson runs it to the four. Second and third down, instead of trying to, you know, punch it in as you would, like, I don't know, uh, maybe it's just my opinion, but goal line offense 101 when you're within the 10 yard line is run, you know, find the gaps and just grind in or if you're going to try and look for play action to then try and get your receivers open don't line up with no one in the backfield or line up no we're passing it it's obvious and then it's two incompletes and then we kick a field goal and then we had a turnover of downs as well for the same where Stafford's done well to scramble seven yards and at the time it was debatable whether he actually got in or not but apparently McVeigh wanted to challenge it and he was told by the guys up in the booth, no, don't, it's it's a waste, it's too short. So the run game could have been better in terms of how our offence performed. It could have got us more into the game, but that decision to just more or less just pull back in it and look for the pass, passing game to kind of step up was the wrong call. Um, whatever the likes of like Murphy kind of stepped up to totally take Cup out of the game, which pretty much did. Like I said, Cup had, I think it was five catches out of 13 targets last week. Like, mm. It was on Sunday there. So, like, Cup couldn't get into the game. But, again, going back to Stafford, like, he missed Jackson deep. He then, like, like I said, looking at the replay, he threw short for the interception, threw over Cup's head into the end zone. And then there was one where, I think it was, yep, it was in the third quarter, where he threw to Cup, and it looked as if he just threw wide of him, but it's one of the ones I'm not sure if Cup had slightly adjusted his route, like mid route or not. But there's just the the lack of kind of cohesion between staff and the receivers really, you know, really bit us in the, the backside, really. Yeah, and you you've sort of touched on a couple of points there that I'd wrote down on my notes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do make notes before I start this. It was basically why did we leave the running game? Because, and I agree completely with you, just watching it throughout the first quarter into the second quarter, Henderson was getting the yards and and getting the first downs at, at many a time as well, not just obviously 
moving it down to sort of second and third and it just disappeared and it just stopped. And they actually mentioned it during commentary of no one could really understand the reason why. Now, to sort of look on the back side of that, did Henderson, was he struggling with the injury? Is he fully fit? Is that the reason why we come away from it? Was he was he having to nurse the rib still? I don't know. That's just me trying to think of something off the cuff. But in relation to the, the sort of wide receiver core, Cooper Cup is now a marked man because of where he sits within the rankings, within the NFL. We need to look at different options to get him free because he is going to be double team probably now most of the time because people can see the relationship that they're talking about between him and Stafford. But it just seemed like one of those days, didn't it, that it just didn't click. And then on the other side of the ball, Tony, the defence for me, I thought they had a really, really poor game. What about you? Exactly. They just didn't seem to to get there as well. You know, I mean, how, how many times does Aaron Donald not have a good game or not record any mentionable stats and you know it it just didn't it just didn't seem to be working and everybody seemed to jump on the defensive coach as soon as it wasn't working but you know we know that the cardinals offense is high powered they've been yeah. scoring for fun and you know sometimes you're going to have an off day and you've got to remember that i mean i think it was jordan who posted on or tweeted sorry jordan rodriguez that this first team didn't have those preseason reps in the in the, the the friendly games, the preseason. You know, they are learning each other as we go through this season. And I think when we had the CJ Allen on for the, the pre-game uh, books chat, you know, he he said that Brady likes that late bye week because then everybody's caught up with the playbook and you push on from there. So as long as you can keep your record reasonable and in touching distance, then we're good. But yeah, it was, it was disappointing. It, you know, there was a lot of players had an off day, whether that was a scheme or whether it was individual players. It, it wasn't good enough and it showed up some faults. Hopefully, and I know we've had a short week because we play Thursday, but hopefully we can rectify that in time for the, the next divisional game. Yeah, and I thought that whilst watching the game, obviously with it being a short week, and sometimes it can play into your favour, sometimes it doesn't. When you actually come off a defeat, actually it might help you because you're not having to fester over those issues and watch too much tape, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can't you dwell can, on it, you've got to move on. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you can watch too much and then overanalyze, where yeah. for this week they've got to watch it, deal with it, work on it and then move on. One of the things that I'd wrote in, um, in relation to the defence, and please feel free to uh, shut me down on this one, but the, I felt that I'll, I'll actually read out what I've written. So I put the defensive side of the ball was unrecognisable at times. Hate to say it, but it felt like a bit like a bad day with a Wade Phillips defence, very one-dimensional. And that's how it felt. Mm. We just looked wide open. And I mean, that was always the thing, wasn't it? We couldn't deal with the running game. And that's True. what they seem to hit us with. Yeah, like we were trying to do to them to start with. You exactly. just mentioned that, you know, and that was working for us and we went away from it. Whether that was because we didn't have enough depth to keep that roster going, that rotation going, and to keep them honest, or whether it was McVeigh Stafford reverting to type and wanting to sling it. I don't know what your thoughts were, John, and it's something else that I've thought about this evening whilst I was sort of prepping for this. Do you think this is the first time we've played a fully fit Kyler Murray as well? Yeah. Definitely, like 
for me, I've always not believed the hype in Murray, but after Sunday, like I would come away from that saying that he is that he is a very good quarterback. He's not great, but he's very good. He didn't get a lot of chances to scramble, but at the same time, I didn't feel like we got enough pressure to him. I felt that their offensive line was holding up well to, like you know, as we've touched upon, Aaron Donald was like, what it, it was like he wasn't even out there. They they just had him just wrapped up that he couldn't do anything near what he normally does for us in defence. He couldn't get to the quarterback to make pressure. He couldn't get the quarterback to hurry up. He couldn't take like you know if he's he's you know he's been double teamed. He couldn't then free up a gap. I know Floyd got a sack. But for that to happen more often, for other guys to then step up and find gaps to get through. But Murray showed, I think, what he's capable of against us on Sunday, which is a bit worrying because we then need to go to Arizona and then hopefully not go through that again. But I also swear in the defence, like David Long Jr., like the, the note that I wrote down is he got absolutely cremated on <laughs> Sunday. He didn't get burnt, he got cremated. That's it. His ashes are in an urn and they're going back to his family. <laughs> like, like his, and I wrote that down because when I seen the stats between him, Darius Williams and Ramsey, I've, I just thought, why didn't why didn't they sling him and put someone else out there? He was targeted five times for 89 yards and a touchdown. Ramsey was targeted four times and allowed one catch. Williams was targeted three times. Fair enough, it was three catches, but only was 26 yards. So, like, he got absolutely destroyed by AJ Green out there. And And AJ Green, theoretically, is their third third string wide receiver. Yep. And I just, a, a lot of guys were saying, like, in the Discord chat, like, we've got to make adjustments here in defense. I think at the, the beginning of the game, they actually had for the first few snaps long on Hopkins, which really worried me that they were keeping Ramsey away from him. But it, I think it must have been after a considerable gain that Green got that they switched him over. Ramsey, though, like to give him credit where it's due, it, it, despite a poor def- defensive performance, he was still able to make and break up plays. Like there was one where if I remember right, he kind of broke up a potential catch with Hawkins, more or less almost goal line. And Mm. at full speed, I was actually surprised no flags were thrown. Not that it was pass interference, but it's one of the ones at full speeds it could easily have been mistaken for it, but it was just really good defensive work from Ramsey. Um, He seemed to have like what I would describe as a kind of almost free roll in the defence on Sunday night, which... Don't really want him to see do again on Thursday night. I'm hoping on Thursday night he goes back to just locking down, in particular Metcalf. Yeah, I was just about to say that. No, yeah, and I was just about to say that I wrote it down here, Ramsey free roll, <laughs> and it, it, it's exactly that. That's exactly what I'd written down. It, it seemed like at one point he could have probably played next to Donald on the line. He, he was he was all over the place, but then you lose him where you actually need him. And I think you're right in saying Long was one of the ones that unfortunately got targeted out, wasn't he? So, yeah, what else do you say to that, Tony? I think we've pretty much covered it, but I think it was just a bad day at the office, right? I mean, yes, it was a bad day at the office. And there was a great comment on Rams On Demand forum that said, rip that rear view mirror off full speed ahead. Yeah, like that. Like that. There's nothing else you can do now. You just move on, don't you? There's no changing it. Yep. Do you have anything else to add on that before we move on? 
just apparently, I think it was Jordan um, actually had said that in the post game, McVeigh came out and saying that going into the game, they had installed a good defensive plan for this game, which based on this performance, I hope they uninstall it, do a virus scan and chuck that plan in the bin because it just didn't work. <laughs> You've got some great ways of putting it, John. I do like it. I like that a lot. So you mentioned there, obviously, that was one of the post-game interviews that was done. Tony, have you seen anything else that's come out? Has everybody come out of this unscathed, do we think, ready for Thursday night football? No, I, th- I think everybody can take their own portion of blame, to be honest. I think everybody needs to kick up the backside and hopefully that the, the result and the performance is, is the kick that they all need not to believe their own hype and, and, you know, travel up to Seattle in what should be decent weather to what we normally compare to when we travel to Seattle. Yeah. And and we do actually travel, we might as well go straight into that before talking about the division, but we do actually normally travel quite well up to Seattle. And John, have you, have you seen everybody came out of the game fit and healthy as much as you can be, obviously on a short week? What, let's just put it down to the point, what do you see it coming into Thursday night? Well, in terms of like, you're saying about people fit and healthy, I think last night's injury point, uh, injury report just mentioned Henderson. He's, he's obviously still carrying some kind of injury. Mm. So he's not obviously fully fit. Um, so he's he's been kind of limited in practicing, which I was I was I seen that we're not actually having any full practices between well yesterday and game time. They're just doing purely walkthroughs. Munt and Rapp are also limited, but the McVeigh said that he expects all three to play on Thursday. The Seahawks apparently have got the best part of twenty people in their injury report. report. The most notable ones I took from that was Jamal Adams, who last year, like I felt, was a a fawn in our side, uh, and I think Carlos Dunlap was the other one I noted, and they've both been mentioned as possibly missing the game. Gerard Everett tested negative for COVID today, so I think he's returning on uh, Thursday. But going into this one, like, like you guys are saying, like normally it's what December when we've got to go to Seattle, and it's you know absolutely freezing. <laughs> Last year, I suppose we had we, we did have the advantages. Um, usually, when we go to Seattle. It's quite a loud crowd. So last year, we had the advantage of going to an empty stadium against that, where we had like Aaron Donald absolutely feasting upon Russell Wilson. I'm hoping for more of the same from Mr. Donald. Um, but I think we'll obviously they'll be going back, and this will probably be the first crowd they'll maybe come up to. It's maybe a bit what I would call hostile. So with the pressures that will be on them after. Kind of a poor, not just defensive performance, but kind of all round everyone. Like you said, they've got, I think they've they've kind of taken where they've went wrong on Sunday, and it's kind of up to them to kind of push forward and just you know, as 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 it was said, you know, rip the rear view mirror off and just full steam ahead. We're going up against a Seahawks team that has the worst defense in the league. Like you know, we're going on about hours, but theirs is apparently so much worse. Which when you look at the stats, like I've I've don't I can't remember the Seahawks in recent years having such a bad defence. Does that not worry you, though, <laughs> to look at it on the completely other side again? For what I think it was Tony said earlier, where maybe the team have looked at the Cardinals game, we've won eight straight, we're going to go out there and blow them away. You then look at the stats and you go, Seahawks, worst defence in the league, right, we'll go there and smash them. Tony, do you think hopefully that mindset isn't there again? Or... Do you actually use that as a right? We need to put a mark on this. I, I think both of those things, to be honest, Chris. You know, you, you've got to after the way the team were defeated this weekend, you've you've got to improve uh, as a unit, and then 
you look at the stats for Seahawks and think there is something to play against there. They aren't that good. Let's make sure that they do not improve. And we, and we actually we actually take them to task for it and actually hold them to the light. John, do you do you see this as where we can actually with with coming off a defeat, it's actually a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a statement win to go out there and actually put put a mark on the on the division and the league to say, look, we're actually we are the real deal. It wasn't all a bit of a front. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hoping it is going to just show that the Cardinals game was more of a blip. But from the point of view of this being another divisional matchup, there, there's no bones about it. We have to go out and win on Thursday. We have to because, like you guys have said, we're on the we're on the toughest division in the league. You know, if we're going to want to go postseason and you know go as far as we can, these are games that are, it's it's win on it's, you know it's win or bust really. So we have to go out and. The guys have to just, you know, pick themselves up. You know, whether being short a week, I suppose it gives them less time to dwell on it. And like you said, be going over footage over and over again, and then start mm. second guessing. And also, like you said about, oh, this is the worst defense in the league. That in their mind and thinking, well, this should this should be, you know, this should be easy for us when it's not going to be because, despite you know them showing us they're averaging like 445 yards allowed a game. You know, Wilson's been sacked 11 times. The other thing is, like, flipping onto the offensive side of that, Wilson's, despite losing two games, hasn't turned the ball over once, which it's a bit of it's a bit of an enigma that you can be two and two and not have turned the ball over once. So for us, we, we're going to have to force turnovers, I think, in Sunday. We've, we've had a few forced on as ourselves and with a fumble and an interception in Sunday there. So I think it's kind of going to be one of the key kind of battles is which defence is going to either turn over first or, you know, get away with the most turnovers. Mm. And it is a bit of a worry that, like last week, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it myself that I went in probably a bit overconfident into it. Like last week, this is one that, again, could potentially be another blip if we don't have our act together. Tony, do you see... Sunday being the normal matchups, or do you see other people stepping up? Do you see like a Van Jefferson taking maybe a little bit few more to actually bring it away from Cup? One of the other things that I was going to mention around on the other on the game against the Cardinals, I think Robert Woods probably you wasn't used enough to actually in his actual free role as a as a wide receiver rather than actually being a blocker. Mm-hmm. Do you see people actually stepping up and actually putting themselves on? Sean McVay's playbook to say, look, you use me because I can be your man. Yeah, I mean, I I think we've got to start doing that. I think we spoke about it a little bit last week with with John and Andy. You know, we do have weapons on the receiving side. And looking at your cup was targeted 13 times against the Cardinals. Van Jefferson and Woods were targeted six, as was Higby and Henderson. And if you even that out a little bit and keep the the defence for the Seahawks, a little bit more honest about who they're trying to cover rather than being able to focus on, you know, really shine a laser on Cup. It, that's got to be better for us. Give those targets, spread those targets around the, the the receiving car. We we know Van Jefferson's good. We know Robert Woods is good. Tyler Higby is, is stepping up this season already. And, you know, Cooper Cup is willing to get into the trenches and do the hard work as well. So use that we not me spirit and actually you know 
use the wide receiving core as a, as a full core. And I think it, you, when you actually look at the catch that Robert Woods made for the touchdown, which was a, a bit of a, of a nothing touchdown, but the catch and the positioning was as good as any. So for the for me, he's got to be targeted, like you say, a little bit more to keep the the, the opposition guessing because if you become, again, I mentioned that one-dimensional where it's just Stafford's cup, it's going to be easy to, to basically take it out of the game. And what we then need to do then is we need to then run the ball, we need to move it around. It's just going to get too easy to work out and we don't want that. We've never really been that under a Sean McVay offence. It's always been keeping it guessing and stuff. And we, it just, going back to the corner, it did feel that way that it was quite easy to work out. But hopefully as we come... Like John said, when we go to a hostile environment, which I think actually may make things, make the game come to them a bit easier, if that makes sense, because the atmosphere that was in the SoFi Stadium for the previous home game, from what you hear and what you could actually hear on the TV, was unbelievable. This week it started that way and then sort of changed, which I don't, which probably even had a detrimental defense effect on the team as well. When you actually go into the lion's den, effectively into or whatever it's called now, I'm not quite sure what name they're actually going under the Seahawks Stadium at the moment, but it is loud, and we know that. But I, I, I don't know, John. Do you think that could help them through it to actually push them on? Well, when you look back, um, I referenced it last week. If you look back to you know when we had the NFC Championship game against the Saints, you know the Superdome is one of the most hostile environments you can play in, and we really performed that day. Like you're saying about SoFi, like. The previous home game, like everyone's fired up right through the game, and it really kind of did drive the players on. So maybe that deflation because mm. we weren't firing all cylinders kind of got to the players as if last week it was that the roof was coming off this place, and now it's just it's like last year when there was no one here. So maybe, well, the other, I suppose the other thing is with quite a you know the crowd being quite loud. It maybe could help us from the point of view of trying to kind of re-establish the sync between our players because they may not necessarily be able to hear each other, so yeah. to speak. So the, then the kind of natural kind of like, you know, being able to like read each other's body language and whatnot, hopefully that can kind of, you know, reinvigorate them from that perspective because I think it's Lumen Field. I call it light bulb field because I think Lumen's <laughs> a term of how measuring light, so I call it light bulb field. When we go, you know, that's one stadium where the crowd are really loud. It's not going to be the only place we'll go over the course of the season where we'll face a loud crowd. So I suppose it's maybe coming at the right time to kind of test them for that. Tony, I mean, W, is it going to be a W? Oh, I mean, the only thing I was going to say was that was actually, you know, Robert Woods is only one year older than Cooper Cup, but he's had four more seasons in the league. They both came to Los Angeles in 2017, but we, we seem to forget that Robert Woods has that experience of four seasons in Buffalo. I didn't realise that. I thought he was older. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one year older than Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup oh, okay. finished his college before he came to us. And we always talk about how intelligent he is, but you know, I think part of that is, is, is the maturity. Because he's educated. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know... Robert Woods does have that experience. You know, he he hadn't broken a thousand yards until he came to us, and he's had seven eighty, twelve hundred, eleven hundred, and he just missed out by sixty four yards last season on hit a thousand again. So he's the experienced NFL receiver that we have on on the on the car. 
Good point. I, like that. I, did, I didn't realise he was. He was. There was that little age gap between them, and he. And he. I think, like you say, he plays with that maturity. Does our Bobby Trees that actually is probably ahead of his time? I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So you haven't answered my question. I didn't know because I, 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 I'm a politician now. Obviously, <laughs> are we are we going to get the W at um, Seattle? Yes, yes, we are. Okay, convincingly. No, it's going to be a tough game. It's a divisional okay. game. It's not going to be a walkover. Uh, it will be, will be double digits. John? Yeah, I, th- I think, just like Tony says, I think we're going to grind this out. I think it's going to maybe be kind of along the lines of the Colts game where we are like, yeah, we're, we're going to win this game, but we're going to win it kind of tough and we're going to kind of leave it a bit late to finally put it away. So, yeah, I think we will come away with a win. And, but... Can I, one of, like I said, the same factors in that are going to be the bounce-back ability of the defence from last week. Um, hopefully having a new defensive strategy installed this week and also if we can, you know, lock down the likes of Metcalf. But alongside that, you've got Tyler Lockett to watch out for. So really hoping for Darius Will Williams to kind of take him out of the game because um, I've seen some people suggesting about or Taylor Rapp and David Long, you know, keep it, uh, stepping up to keep tabs on them. And, you know, I kind of said that I thought Taylor Rapp was doing okay. Like, after Sunday, like, despite him, like, technically leading the team in tackles against the Cardinals, like, I think he's had enough snaps now to to say that maybe free safety isn't the best place for him, especially when you've got the likes of Terrell Burgess sitting there, you know, twiddling his thumbs, right in, the, right in the goal. So is that a yes or win? Of course it's a yes. I'm a Rams fan, aren't I? <laughs> I will go for a yes because I hate the Seahawks and I would never, ever say nothing ever other than that. We've obviously all mentioned the, the division and we thought as we are now four games in to this obviously extended season slightly where we obviously see it now. Statistically, we are in the strongest division in the league. Tony, we, we've spoke about it for a few years and we've spoken about it for a few years on here. How? Why do you think this is it? Why it is that way? Do you think there's any underlying reason of how come we have ended up with this in our division? I don't know what you can say to that, really, Chris. Because I mean, you know, steel sharpens steel is is the easiest explanation. You know, we've become the better team because we're playing better teams on a regular basis. Mm. You know, we we play six hard games every season, and that that makes you become a better team because it is harder to to get that that playoff spot. Yeah, is, John, is do you the... think it's sorry Tony, do you think no. John it's because of the younger coaches in the in the division as well? I think the younger coaches do have a kind of factor into that because it's a total different mindset of playing football as opposed to, you know, your older coaches like see your Belichicks or whatever, um that are kind of set in their ways. Um Younger guys, and I think that's why we probably, you know, years ago looked at make, bringing McVeigh in, someone young with fresh ideas to come in. And I think, like, for example, at like the 49ers, the, the team that, like, we are struggling to beat, they can go and get absolutely, like, horsed off of someone else one week and then they come up against us and destroy us. In terms of how we've ended up in the position we're in to being such a strongest uh, league, uh, sorry, strongest division in the league, I think it's just been a natural progression and just... Other teams have drafted really well around us and assessed their needs and brought the right guys in, be it in coaching or at, you know, at whatever position oil. Because you need to remember, 
it was only, you know, like, what, seven months ago that the Seahawks po- poached Waldron off us and took him. But I suppose the downside of that is they're essentially, you know, copying Sean McVay, but with Russell Wilson at quarterback now. Tony, do you see there's going to be three teams potentially from this division in the playoffs? I think we said this, or we talked, certainly talked about it last season, but I mean, I, I think there's every possibility that three teams from the NFC West do go to the playoffs, you know, and, and what a sight that would be. But, you know, it, it, I, I think if you look at the AFC West as well, where the only two divisions where there isn't a losing record. I know we're only four games in. Yeah, there's been some been some interesting results and obviously it's it's very highly spoken about obviously in the media and stuff about the division that we're in but I think you're both right in what you say you obviously you get better when you play better and people have drafted well and well we don't really draft do we we just go out and take who we want but (laughs) we like to give draft picks to other teams and we'll just do what the business that we do but I think for me I think it's just a like you say I think it's been a general progression hasn't it and it's good I I feel it's good that we're in that position Rather than just being, let's say you're a you're a Patriots fan when when Tom Brady was in his peak and he, they were obviously blowing the division every year. Yeah, it's nice to be in that position, but you want to have them competitive games and you want it. You want to have that excitement of not knowing potentially who is the best team out of the rest of them because then that makes you want to strive for it a little bit more. Tony, what are we looking like for questions from our social media platforms this week? Our Twitterers have been a little bit shy, but our Facebookers are uh, on it today. <laughs> so Ali, Ali Oop from Twitter asked, what did we learn from the defeat to the Cardinals? Chris, do you want to give a, one answer to that? Because I think we've covered that really comprehensively so far. Yeah, we've, we've pretty much covered it, but it was a bad day at the office. We need to work on what we need to work on and move on. Cool. And John Lewis Perry, Pezza09, asks, would you keep Jalen Ramsey as the star or put him back as a lockdown corner? Lockdown corner, it's a no-brainer, really. Um, we've seen what he can do when he's one-on-one with some of the best receivers in the league. Last season, I personally enjoyed the father versus son battle that he had with Metcalf, and I'm hoping that Metcalf's spitting the dummy, literally, because his mouth guard looks like a dummy, come Thursday night. Right, and switching straight over to Facebook, our friend Vince Kitagawa asks, should we start a petition against blue and blue uniforms? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, zero and three in those uniform combinations, that, that says Vince. That says Vince, who's an Everton fan, by the way. Uh, do you think Coach McVeigh takes advice during the game on play calling? I think he needs a Wade Phillips type coach on the staff to make suggestions. I think he needs an Obi Wan Kenobi mentor, and I, I, I think Wade Phillips was good for Sean McVeigh in so much as he was that elder statesman that had a lot of good reputation, had the history, knew a lot of people within the NFL, and. I, I think that helped Sean McVeigh at the time, Chris. And I think that could only be good for Sean McVeigh if that happened again, whether that's a defensive coach or, or any other type of coach that comes into the coaching team. No, see, I agree. You, you can only have, having the experience of someone like him, Yeah, I may have said earlier that, that the defence was, was whatever it was, but to have him in the coach's room was probably what helped Sean McVeigh get to where he is now because of the experience that he was able to obviously offer him and the, the advice. 
I do think as a head coach, you need to be involved in the game. But sometimes Sean McVay may get too involved because he's obviously still calling those plays. If you may, again, my knowledge isn't that fantastic, but am I not right in saying there is also another offensive coordinator in there as well? Did yes. we not have another one in there? But, uh, and I don't know how much of an input that guy actually has. No, I'm furiously can trying anybody... to look it up. John, can you help us on that? Um, and and don't know why I'm thinking that. I'm hoping I'm right on that. I admit, I, I can't remember off the top of my head the guy's name, but we obviously did bring someone in to replace Waldron. But McVeigh is a bit of a control freak when it comes to play calling and offense, mm. and I I don't really. Uh, I'm I'm whoever the offense coordinator is. I'm not running him down. I say so I don't see the point in him being no. in the job. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think McVeigh should be allowing the offensive coordinator because if you go all the way back to when we had Dick Vermeule you had Mike Marks up in the booth he was calling the place Vermeule called the strategy and he discussed with Marks what the two of them were looking at and seeing and they worked it between us I'm not sure I can't, I'm just speculating I'm not sure if that's there with McVeigh I think McVeigh's like no this is what I want to do I mean for the fact of how quickly we just seemed to abandon the run whose decision was that was it your man upstairs or was it McVeigh and I think it was McVeigh because he's you've seen him do it in the past but you know going back going back to Vince's question like at the time when we had Wade Phillips I think for him being a totally green coach he really did help McVeigh and having that kind of not a forested figure but that kind of like you said elder statesman that you know mature figure gave him someone to bounce off of and learn from and initially when I when you read the question out, I would have said no because McVeigh is you know a good what four or five seasons in now as head coach. He should be at the point where he shouldn't need that. But actually, the more I'm thinking about, perhaps the players would benefit more from someone a bit more experienced to kind of give them insight and help develop our games further. So it couldn't do any harm, could it really? As long as it's not mm. one of his old buddies from the Redskins, because that's all McVeigh seems to want to hire. Well, going going back to that, John, actually looking up our offensive coordinators is Kevin O'Connell, ex-Browns, ex-Niners, and a couple of seasons at the Redskins. Yeah, I thought that was the name I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, I think we've covered that one. Brandon Johnson asked, do you think we should go to running back by committee? Glad that Henderson was back, but Sony did great the last two games also, Chris. I would say yes on that, because if he is carrying an injury, then you don't want to burn him out. And I, I've always liked Sonny Michelle, and I was actually quite happy when, when we brought him in. And I don't think he's let anybody down as that much, really, when he's obviously come into the game. So I, I don't see why it wouldn't help to do that. Definitely. I, I, I think we brought Sonny Michelle in for his experience, and that will help the, the running back team develop so I, I, I think that's positive, and I, I think the, the committees were where to go. Um, John? No, I agree as well. We've shown over the last few seasons, we've not had an out-and-out, you know, like RB1, who's our man, you know, like he likes the like, Titans. So I've got they've got Derek Henry. We've not had that, but we've had a good rotation, you know, having Malcolm Brown and Henderson running reps together. I think Henderson, as I said earlier, he's not fully fit. So I don't understand why Michelle didn't get more reps and more snaps against the Cardinals. So I would like to see them kind of split it a bit more evenly, but I think it's kind of highlighting that we are we are kind of really missing Cam Akers 
in there as well. Um, I seen it at the weekend. They posted a video saying that he was seventy percent recovered. But like, I mean, I, I when I initially seen that, I had got my hopes up. But I think, I think the best thing we can do is just split it between Henderson and Michelle because they're both solid backs and they can grind it out. They're not going to, you know, run like explode down the field, but they're going to grind it out. They're going to find gaps, and sometimes that's better for the running game, especially if you want to keep the ball away from the other team. It can really up a lot of clock, but then it's, it's obviously the line is, you know, putting in the end zone at the end. But yeah, no, I agree. I think we should go back to running back committee. Excellent. I think we'll get that email sent off to Sean McVeigh straight away. Um, so so Mark Presland has, has, has chipped in again on Facebook. It was a game to forget. Yes, it was, Mark. Yes, indeed. Do you agree with the assessment below? Pass marks for Henderson, Erline, Ramsey, Van Jefferson and Darius Williams. John? I disagree with any of them. I think in particular... On the offensive line, the special mention would be Edwards and Havenstein because they did really well. I think they only allowed something like two hurries, two pressures and a hit between them. Well, which considering how much kind of staff were struggling, they kind of held up really well. So yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of them. Chris? No, I'm, I can't add anything to that because I know Mark knows his stuff. Yep, and he, he's, he's added to this as well with the marks. Uh, need to do better in his assessment. Um, Matthew Stafford the rest of the defence special teams the rest of the wide receivers <laughs> Sonny Michel and most importantly Sean McVeigh. can you argue with any of that Chris? Could they not, could they not just say to everyone else? <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I don't think he wanted to highlight everybody but <laughs> Mark is a man of detail no, I, I don't think I can add anything to that, do I? Okay. John, anything to add to that? Nah, no, 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 no. Just in the defence specifically, single out rapping long to do. Can I bet better in defence? Okay. Um, we do have a really long-winded question from Andy Lamble. Um, and just a, just a word to Andy. Paragraphs, my friend. Use paragraphs. Do you guys feel that the Cards game was more of a case of possible overconfidence from the team? given how we've played over the last few weeks and our recent record. Yeah, you know, we, we've, we've covered a lot of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think there was, I think there was an element of overconfidence. We did have eight straight wins against them, um, and I think that just caught up with us. So Williams has so far had only one good season. Long is only one, only really starting his first season as a starter. Rapp and Fuller are also playing their first seasons. And I think this goes back to what I think I mentioned in, in the first quarter of this conversation that tweet from Jordan on, on on Twitter obviously saying that you know the team are finding their feet with each other as we play the regular season and I think that things will improve as we get deeper into the business end of that Chris yeah I think so I think it's I ain't really got anything else, else to add to that I don't think there's anything much else you can say really John I suppose sometimes you need to fall to learn to pick yourself back up it's probably the best way I could sum that up. Excellent. Anything else to go, Chris? How's your agenda doing? My agenda is complete, Great. unless we have any other business. No, I, I've gone through my notes. John, anything else to add? No, I think, I think I've got enough in from my notes. <laughs> so we obviously are done and dusted there, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time. We are looking forward to Thursday night football against the Seahawks. 
which will be live on Sky for the third week running. So we probably won't see the Rams on Sky, as some people will probably be happy about, probably till December. So we'll see what happens there. But, John, thank you for your time. No, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, and just before we sign off, can I give a shout-out to my five-year-old son, Harris? Harris, this is actually Daddy talking on a podcast. It's not Matthew Stafford. It's not Cooper Cup. It's Daddy. <laughs> He didn't, believe, he, he didn't believe me when I played last week's episode back. He said, that's <laughs> not you, Daddy. <laughs> Good stuff. The Godfather, you got anything else to add? Excellent. No, that, that, that's brilliant, John. Uh, no, nothing <laughs> at all to add. Thanks, thanks for hosting us, uh, Chris. No worries. Glad to be back. Hopefully we will be back next week talking about a win against the Seahawks. Let's go Rams.